Hi, my name is Yasmin Terehi. I recently completed my two-month transformational leadership program and the results were powerful. If you want to live an exciting life and fulfill your highest potential in 2023 and beyond, I have an incredible opportunity for only a few more individuals to join the next cohort. I will personally be coaching a small group on how to discover and clear your limiting beliefs, how to manage your energy instead of your time, how to tap into the power of your intuition, and how to use discernment so that you can start living a life full of ease, abundance, and flow. As someone who has helped countless entrepreneurs and CEOs open doors of possibility they never thought existed, I can tell you that this strategy will completely transform your life. Best part, you'll 10X your output and unlock your creative genius. I'll work with you weekly to overcome your limiting beliefs and transform that into a new self-concept. I'll teach you how to create clarity, systems and processes, and I'll also help you develop your intuition. You'll get access to some of the best material that will also help you manage your energy, and you'll get access to guided meditations that are not available anywhere else. This method is so effective. If you'd like to join the waitlist, you can find the link in the show notes or navigate to www.yasmintarehi.com backslash gateways hyphen to hyphen awakening backslash. Hi, my name is Yasmin Terehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. On today's episode, I sit down with Rupam Henry. At the young age of 16, Rupam traveled to India, where she lived for five years in an international ashram, learning meditation and approaches to the inner world. And her desire to be of service to others on the path of self-healing was born in these life-changing years. She comes from an ancient lineage of medicine makers, alchemists, and herbalists, reaching back 13 generations in Germany. She combines her expertise as an herbalist, holistic health educator, and ordained minister with her experience of over 20 years as an RDA in general and pediatric dentistry. She is the founder of Rupam's Herbals LLC, focusing on holistic health and dental solutions through consultations, a handmade organic herbal line of over 45 different formulas. And I have personally been using her product for over two years and met her actually, or at least met her staff uh, at the farmer's market in the Bay Area. So I am so excited to welcome Rupam to the show. Welcome, Rupam. It's wonderful to be here. So, Rupam, just to kick it off, I'd love to understand how our teeth are connected to our emotional world. God, uh, you know, everything is so deeply interlinked. uh, That's kind of also the bottom line of what we really talk about in terms of holistic or comprehensive ways of looking at health and at this point, of course, teeth. So... Um, if I take it back a little bit, it's, you know how we talk about mind, body, spirit. Uh, language is so weird. It really should be more bodying, uh, minding or thinking and spiriting. It's it's so interlinked. It's such a soup. There, it's no, there are no uh, delineations between the things. So in terms of, for instance, what we think has a huge influence on our body, right? Or we've just gone through these three years of crazy world 
where everybody to one extent or another has felt pretty big anxiety, which of course, again, influences the body. So when it comes to teeth, um, having lived in India, you know, I'm very familiar with the chakra system or the five, six, seven energy stations and the throat also hosts the mouth, the teeth, the gums. So what happens in the fifth chakra, a fifth energy station, is huge, has huge influence when it comes to the health of our teeth and gums with everything that goes with that. And the fifth chakra or energy station is loaded with big, big stuff and issues, okay? And we'll get back to that. But having looked at that or seen it in like this... Uh, bird's eye view, if you might want to say, it's so deeply interlinked that you cannot even, um, it, it's hard to even totally focus on one thing, okay? It's uh, energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally. A lot of us, I mean, more and more, uh, our culture is so thought uh, related or so, you know, social media, computer. I mean, I have a business. I'm constantly on the computer, even though I don't like to, you know, mm. what I take in, especially the thoughts that I believe create a lot of feelings and emotions in my system. Or how if I'm chronically anxiety uh, prone, you know, for instance, what's happened over the last two, three years, that also has a huge influence on the adrenals. And then the adrenals underlies all bone, meaning how well am I absorbing minerals into bone? So it's, it's such a deep journey. You pick it up a little bit on one end and it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's a tricky question to answer right off the beginning. I guess it would be more um, taking a deep look at what actually holistic means to me or what holistic I feel should mean, you know, mm -hmm. and that is to take the whole person uh, into, uh, into view. Meaning if somebody comes to me with dental problems, definitely they're going to fill out an intake. How are they doing in their relationships? How are they doing financially? How are they doing spiritually speaking? Do they have a spiritual a structure that holds them? Uh, do they struggle with addictions? Do they have, um, I mean, you name it. It is very different for every person. And then, of course, there are some things that are very similar to each other. So in anything that goes on chronic, say, for instance, chronic anxiety or chronic financial worry, how do I pay for my next month's rent? If that goes on for too long, let's just say two, three years, then that has a pretty big influence on the adrenals. It's very exhausting to the adrenals. And when the adrenals are really struggling, usually what happens, digestive power goes down, immune system goes down, um, the nervous system struggles. And when that all happens, and it, that goes on chronically, often you will see people having issues with bone, in this case, with teeth. For instance, I have seen over the last year or so, after almost three years of this whole, you know, pandemic thing, how suddenly people that have had no cavities, as long as I've known them, suddenly have cavities. And that often tells me they're probably adrenal exhaustion, 
Um, maybe addictions have come back to kind of soothe yourself or just cope with what's going on. We're all so sensitive beings. Even if I say I know how to pay my rent next month, I still, as an empath, I feel what goes on around me. I literally feel, we all feel each other, okay? So if there's chronic high anxiety and somebody, for instance, doesn't have a great spiritual structure to hold them and take them out of that, um, you will see it in the body. Uh, you know, it has consequences. It's hard on the immune system. It's hard on digestion. The mouth is the first digestive organ. Um, if the immune system struggles, usually we're the first people in dentistry to see the gums been more inflamed. Uh, that's the, one of the first signs that the immune system is struggling. So it's, can you see how it's all so interlinked? Right, um, right. It's not even like, yeah, absolutely, uh, emotions. And then, of course, every tooth is connected to an organ system, and that organ system also carries emotions. For instance, the eye teeth are connected to the liver, and the liver's emotion, quote-unquote, is anger, frustration. Or the long, large intestine teeth, which are a lot of the molars, you know, to do with grief. So there is every tooth is connected to an emotional realm. And then, of course, the entire being system is ruled by what people think, what people are exposed to, what people are especially believing, because thoughts go and come. Not a big deal. That's a pretty natural thing. It's the thoughts that we grab onto, that we give our life energy to, that we so deeply believe that that has a big influence on our system. Mm, yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for that. And I actually want to break down a couple of the correlations between um, some of the teeth and you mentioned some of the organs. Um, yeah. So for people that are maybe not familiar with some of the categorizations, uh, can we talk a little bit about like the front teeth, what organs they right. um, correlate yeah. to and maybe some, yeah, we can, we can maybe yeah, group yeah, them absolutely. into sections. <laughs> yeah. And also that chart is actually on my website and it's under holistic dental and it's a chart. It's a really old, old, it's old knowledge. You know, Asia has known this. Chinese medicine has known this. This is basically the organ meridian uh, chart that also just brings in the teeth and how they're related to the meridians. So, for instance, the front, you know, the, the incisors, um, the front two teeth and the front bottom, and to the left and to the right, one over, bottom and, and top. Those are all kidney bladder. Okay, one over the canine bottom and top, all four of them are liver gallbladder. And then it changes a little bit. Uh, the top is a little different than the bottom. So a lot of the molars are connected to the digestive system. For instance, you know, upper right, uh, if people have their wisdom teeth missing, then the next tooth on the upper right would be called number two and number three. Those are the two molars and they are pancreas and stomach. And for instance, emotionally what goes with that meridian is things around anxiety, um, feeling of uh, low self-worth or self-punishment. Like when you don't like yourself, often there, you know, there is a self-punishment involved. So this is, it's all very deep, you know, it's deep, deep work. And that's why often... You know, it's so easy for me to say, 
you know, certain foods that might not be helpful. That's easy to say, don't eat sugar, for instance. Most people know it's not great to have a lot of sugar, but it's a whole other thing to actually walk that path of not comforting yourself with a habit that we've learned as a child, you know. So that's right right there is where it goes more into a spiritual realm of getting support, having a spiritual practice, uh, maybe getting support from a you know, support group uh, around that particular habit. And that's why I often say, you know, mind, body, spirit, it's one big ball of, <laughs> right. of wool, you know. It's like you hold onto one string and you come across everything at the same time. And that's why I also think that people will have you know, there's some control that we have. And then most of the time, we don't have much control of what comes our way. The only control that we can learn to have is how we respond. Do we see the cup half empty or half full? You know, do we respond with gratitude for lessons well learned and haven't given the the, uh, chance to learn the lesson? Or are we Oh my God, why is this happening to me? So this is right there where it goes into what I call a spiritual journey. You know, mm-hmm. this is how we learn how to hold ourselves in such a way that is basically we are learning step by baby step how to love ourselves to such an extent that there is nothing that we don't love in our being, you know. Wow. And so to me, I just take the mouth as my way into health. Other people, you know, other health practitioners taking a different route, the eyes, the pulse, um, you know, the tongue. There's other ways to go in, but people come to me with any dental stuff that is just literally one little step away from overall health. And then once I go into that and maybe some life change, um, appropriate some little tweaking here and there many times it hits right into the the comfort zone where people are becoming very agitated and very out of their comfort zone which means you know how much can that person sit uh, with discomfort and you know this is so funny when I am from Europe so I when I came to America it's just something as simple as sweet and bitter. For instance, the bitter flavor here in the States is almost disappeared. You know, everybody wants just sweet, <laughs> but no bitter. And so in Europe, we have a saying, have your bitters and be sweet or have your sweets and be bitter. Mm, because beautiful. it has to be, there has to be a huge balance. It can't just be all sweet in experiences, in foods, in everything. So. I always tell people, you know, become really slowly, slowly, baby steps, slowly comfortable with discomfort to just hold yourself like you probably have not been held by parents. You know, to just how would you hold a little child that's in discomfort? For instance, a big thing would be to say, uh, not have tons of chocolate or tons of sugar. How would you hold yourself, this little kid that's now going through detox or the withdrawal symptoms, you know? Right. So it's all about, 
you know, how much love is there for oneself to take this journey on, you know? Mm. So a lot of dentists, I get it. They say, oh, no, you can't heal cavities. You can't heal this. You can't. I'm like, no, I've seen it. You can. But it means work. You know, it actually means taking responsibility and slowly but surely taking myself onto this healing journey like a spiritual warrior, because that's where it's going to go. Right, right. Absolutely. You know, all the habits we've learned to comfort ourselves, to to, to cope, uh, those often are no longer in our best interest. They saved our lives as kids. There's no doubt about that, you know. Right. And eating, you know, many things, many habits and addictions, et cetera, you can throw away and throw the key. But with food and oral stuff, you know, you have to touch that three, four, five times a day. So it becomes a really deep journey. And that's just one part, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Fascinating, Rupam. Um, so can you talk a little bit about uh, fillings, you know, and when people uh, get fillings, you know, why that might cause some discomfort for them? And what have you seen from your experience with like modern de- dentistry versus some of the more holistic methodologies that you use? Right. Are you talking about physical di- di- uh, discomfort in the chair, or um, I'm, you know, I just I'm I'm curious about like the actual substance used in some of the, okay. you know, whether it's toothpaste for modern dentistry right. or some of the um, substances used in fillings. Um, just curious, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Does how does that affect the human, you know, body? Oh God. Um... It's huge. Um, you know, I there's nothing better than a healthy, full tooth. You know, the moment we, for one, has to be very clear that when we drill into a tooth and we put a filling in, that is not healing the tooth. Okay, many people are not really aware of that, meaning we literally make the tooth look good. We do it in such a way that the dentin is more protected, but the tooth has not been healed yet. That's really from the inside out. And that's where life changes come in, you know, making lifestyle changes. That's a big one. But what also happens is, for instance, you know, in the olden days, the only thing we had was a mercury-contained contained filling called amalgam fillings, okay? Those are the silver that later turned out kind of blackish looking. Mm-hmm. And my generation, that's the only thing we had. We didn't have white fillings. Or if we did, they were pretty, they weren't very, um, they broke down really quickly. You know, they're not at all what they are now. So most of the older generation, I'm 61, so most of the older generation had to get those silver fillings in, the amalgam fillings, which contain a fairly large amount of mercury, which is known to the human body is one of the most uh, poisonous substances on the planet. Okay. It's a neurotoxin. And, you know, a little sidekick here is that dentists had a huge uh, high rate of suicides. Okay. And it there was a lot of going on in terms of like how stressful dentistry is and all that kind of stuff. And to me, that always made no sense. It was like, what? Yeah, it's a little bit stressful here and there, but it's not the most stressful that we would like kill, you know, ourselves over. Really what it is, is because 
I started my dental career in 85, and I came in a year after we started to wear gloves. Okay, so meaning that a year prior to my entry into dentistry, the assistant in a dentist would touch the wet mercury-containing filling material in their hands, okay? And also, basically, we weren't told and we didn't know how incredible poisonous it is to our human body in that way. And because it's a neurotoxin, huge depression, you know, all this heavy metals and especially the mercury in the brain, you know, we would drill it out when we would redo something. We breathing in the vapor. So alone for the dental professionals, it was absolutely deadly, you know. And a lot, a lot, a lot of problems with just the mercury breathing that in all day long, you know. For the person having it in their mouth also, because they're not quite as... um they're not quite having the same amounts, but still, every time you chew, if you have a silver filling in your mouth, every time you chew, there is vapor that gets released, and that can go and sit in any organ system. So brain tissue, liver, it can be everywhere, okay? So it's not so easy to detox from. That's alone on the mercury situation, and, you know, the FDA has lost and the ADA has lost so many lawsuits about mercury and the mercury-containing fillings, but it's constantly been stuffed under the carpet because the whole fear of everybody getting sued, okay? Now, this is, again, you know, where we have to go and take responsibility for our own health. I mean, for me, it was like, I want to research this. Having mercury into my fillings, in my fillings, doesn't sound like a great idea, okay? Especially now for the last 10, 20 years, we've had the white composite fillings. So having that taken out of my mouth, and again, there is a particular sequence of how to do that, was definitely something I wanted to do, okay? And I tell people it's a good idea to do that, except I don't tell people to do that if they are chronically sick. Because when you are chronically sick and we take them out, even in holistic dentistry, we, we totally protect the person. We have them on an oxygen mask. We have an ionizer in a room, always a lot of water and a big, huge suction, you know, rubber dam to protect them as much as we can. Still, vapor is going to get released. You know, so you really want to do that only if you're not constipated, you're not dealing with some kind of chronic disease, um, you're feeling like you're pretty darn healthy, You've, and you can work up to that. And then you also want to only take few out. For instance, we often do what's called quadrant dentistry. For instance, we take them out on the upper right, and then you might want to wait six months, you know. And do a little bit of heavy metal detoxing till you take on the rest. Mm. Or take them one quadrant at a time, which we have four quadrants in the mouth. So it isn't just like, oh, take everything out. Okay, that's that sometimes can be making somebody incredibly sick. So there has to be a, a bit of a protocol of how to do that and when to do that. Okay. And that's the one time when I say, you know, it's not a bad idea to see a holistic dentist that will do everything they can to protect you. You know, um, 
or talk to a dentist that's open to listening and maybe does the research. If you have a dentist that loves that you love and you trust them, say, listen, I want that mercury filling taken out, but I want to have it done in such a way that I don't get to breathe too much mercury vapor, you know. Amazing. Wow. And then there's a whole protocol of how to detox from, from heavy metals, which uh, it's not hard. Uh, it's basically five foods. A gentleman, Anthony William, medical medium, uh, eight years ago saved my life. Uh, and I, 20 years in dentistry, I was breathing, you know, heavy metals and mercury all day long. So I detoxed with his protocol and lo and behold, I am completely okay again. I had a lot of symptoms and didn't we didn't know what was going on out of nowhere suddenly. And so I did a lot of his protocols and I teach those protocols because I've seen them work wonders. Wow. Amazing. And that's, yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I actually am very, very familiar with um, Anthony Williams's um, books and I, I know yeah. that detox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, detox. yeah. That's great. And you know, I, it's very, those five foods are so easy to build into my, my daily, you know, it's wild blueberries, cilantro, dulse. Um, spirulina in barley grass juice powder. Three of those I put into my daily smoothie. Cilantro and dulse I have on the rest of my food and I'm done, you know. And it's so gentle and so deep, um, the detox. I mean, I, I wasn't sick. I just, I think I did it for a year every day because I knew I had 20 years to detox from, you know. Wow. And we also get, con- we got, we get contaminated all day long with with heavy metals. You know, if you eat out, a lot of restaurants use aluminum. If you eat tuna, you know, you get mercury. If you do, if you have tattoos, there's often mercury. I mean, it's on and on. Aluminum foil, uh, heavy metals are a big deal. You know, and and detoxing every once in a while from heavy metals is really really helpful. Mm, thank you for that. That's um, really important. Yeah. And so that's just one material, but it's the biggest one because so many of us had to work with that, Mm. you know, because we didn't have anything else uh, in the early days. You know, fluoride is another big one. Uh, Fluoride, for instance, Europe, there is no fluoride in the water. I think the only out of all European countries, I think there is three, Ireland, England, are the only ones, I believe, that actually have fluoride in the water. Um, so fluoride is a whole another topic. You know, fluoride is another neurotoxin. Fluoride often comes from, you know, aluminum byproduct from that industry. Uh, fluoride gets used in red poisoning because it shuts down the nervous system. I mean, I could tell you stories on and on and on around fluoride. And having worked seven years in pediatric dentistry, where all the kids are fluoridated, basically. Wow. I have not seen that help with cavities. Really, I truly, my seven years, all these kids, fluoride up to gazoo, you know, I have not seen fluoride. I mean, cavities go down at all. Meanwhile, you know, fluoride destroys 85 enzymes in the body. It's linked to ADHD, to lowered IQ. Why would I give that to any child, you know? Especially since you can uh, so differently help uh, kids' teeth to be strong. You know, many times it has is, of course, dietary stuff, you know, on and on and on. But it's information that slowly but surely you can make that your own, you know. And with little kids, you often have more control over what they eat. 
it's information. Once you have that information, how it's linked to cavities and how that works, you know, you can make slowly but surely lifestyle changes. Right. And when it comes to uh, cavities, there are no sudden cavities. That's another big uh, misconception. Cavities often happen over some years. They're just not visible to the eye and also not visible yet to x-rays. So often it's a chronic condition and it's either the digestive system that's struggling, the adrenals that are struggling, uh, the nervous system, foods that feed pathogens in the body, you know, and you put all that together in a soup of anxiety, for instance, and quote unquote, suddenly two or three years later, cavities are showing up and that's not sudden though. It's been going on for two, three, five years. Mm. So, you know, there are bone teeth are one of the, they are the densest material in the body. So it takes a while, right? And it also takes a while to rectify it. Wow. Uh, that's why often I say to people, hey, if there is a, if it's a beginning cavity, many times people can change it on their own and can mineralize it with changes. If it is a big uh, um, cavity that's already through the dentin or into the dentin, really, often I say, please go ahead, have a filling done, you know, have it covered, and then keep on healing your teeth from the inside out. The last thing I want is to go the cavity going into the you know the nerve chamber and then the tooth dies. That's the last thing you want to you want to have. If you can protect your nerve, that is the biggest thing. So some people, again, people ask me, you know, I've been told by the dentist there's no way I can heal a cavity. That's not true. Although I have to say many dentists don't see that because many people don't make the changes necessary to really help their body to bring minerals to bone more successfully. So Rupam, what can we do then to bring more min minerals into our bones? Like what are your... So there is a lot of stuff that we do that undermines it. Okay. And this is kind of right where people have to often make changes, you know, for instance, coffee. You know how people are hooked on coffee. Some people cannot function without coffee. I get it. What's what's not to like about instant enthusiasm? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, when people come to me in consultations and I and they fill out an intake and they let me know that coffee is a big thing for them, then we go baby stepping it. Okay, we say okay for one. I have some amazing substitutes. They are so close to coffee that I had to look three times on the package. Really, it's not coffee. <laughs> um, one of them is called Capomo, C-A-P-O-M-O. Capomo is a Mayan nut that gives you everything that coffee doesn't. Coffee, for instance, is it prohibits potassium absorption. It gets the adrenals into fight and flight mode. It makes the pH very acidic. So it's right there is everything. Um, you know, coffee is one of those big things because it's so. Potassium is part of your enamel and your dentin. So you're already right there. You're undermining yourself, right? And I'm not talking about 
once in a while, enjoy your cup of coffee, enjoy the hell out of it. But if you're doing a daily coffee thing, you almost never have a time where your body can come more into an alkaline pH. So if your adrenals are constantly pushed into fight and flight, the body cannot really successfully absorb minerals into bone. So right there, it's easy for me to say to the person, don't rely on coffee, make it a treat every once in a while. Even better yet, find a substitute so you have the ritual of this, the hot and the bitter taste and all that. But use it in such a way that doesn't hurt yourself, you know. Hmm. And that for some people can be a huge thing, you know. That can be a really big thing. And so... You know, then the person and I find out of how we can baby step our way in that direction. Many times I don't like taking things, quote unquote, away from people. That's a tough one. Okay. Especially if they have a lot of other stuff going on that are, you know, they're really trying to cope. So this will take time, you know, working some a habit that has served you to feel like you hold yourself together with it. It will take time and it needs a lot of self-love and it needs a lot of forgiveness and it needs a lot of baby steps. It's like, you know, three baby steps forward and three back, you know, three forward, two back. Yay, only two back. You know, it, it takes a huge love and understanding of just how you got here, you know, and that it won't be an instant fix. It might take a lifetime to slowly but surely love yourself back to health, you know. Mm -hmm. So I love finding good substitutes that people feel like, okay, I can do this, you know. Wow, I love that. And I can tell you with myself, I am, you know, I use food as comfort zone. That's what I learned as a child. And I still, when things are too overwhelming, I still see myself go there. But what I do see also is that I don't have this incredible knee-jerk reaction of needing to be perfect. I, I've so softened around that, you know. I so softened around giving myself such a bad time when I see, because believe me, I know all this. It's all information for me that I understand. It's so easy to use that information and beat yourself up with it. Right. Which is what I saw. It happens in the spiritual world. It happens in the you know, nourishing dietary world. It happens everywhere that we tend to use this information and then beat ourselves up that here, look at this. I can't even not drink the coffee kind of thing, you know? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's where it goes. It goes into, you know, I, I honestly, I did 10 years of support groups, you know, uh, an AA related support group because I needed the structure to hold me. I needed the surrounding with other people that went that were going through the same thing. I mean, when it comes to uh, habits and addictive stuff that you'd like to slowly but surely, you know, take on support, I think support is one of the biggest things. You know, you need even if you just have a buddy that does it with you. You know, somebody that you can hold hands with and share and cry with and share whatever. And it's not about being stuck in a woundology thing. It's just there is going to be difficult emotions. There's going to be discomfort. It's just part of the package, you know. But the thing is, it's the only way. There is no other way, 
you know. I mean, we know Big Pharma, when it comes to chronic stuff, Big Pharma has no business. It's not making things better. It's only giving people more symptoms, you know. Right. I'm not talking about like short-term, you know, overcoming something, but chronic stuff isn't helped with a pharmaceutical, you know. It's helped with learning how to help you hold yourself in deeper and deeper love. That's the only, that's how it's worked for me. And I've seen all my people that come to me for consults. I see when they take that on and they're able to slowly but surely say, you know what, I deserve to feel better. I deserve to heal. It's my right to be healthy, you know. And healthy isn't just a healthy body. I could say to somebody, you are unbelievably healthy and have a body riddled in cancer. And still the feeling of health is there. You know, health doesn't just mean a healthy body. Health means to me somebody that is so deeply linked in their self-love that nothing can shake it. Mm. That to me would be, you know, the ultimate of health. It doesn't just mean a healthy body. Yeah, I love that definition, Rupam. Yeah, that's so wonderful. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I love your philosophy on dentistry and like really looking at the holistic perspective and, and the whole person and, you know, really bringing it to the basics, like, you know, drinking coffee every day. Of course, it's acidic. And it's so interesting, um, just the habits that we have collectively kind of ingrained in our culture and, and what that means for our health. Yeah. So, Rupam, can you tell us, you know, what really motivated you to work in this field? And can you tell us a little bit about your journey and also kind of the history of your your background as like coming from 13 generations in Germany of medicine makers, alchemists, and herbalists? Right. So yeah, I grew up in my grandfather's uh, pharmacy. And really when I was born, it was right then, um, 1960s, where every pharmacy uh, still had a kitchen in the middle of it and everything was still done with herbs right and then as I grew up uh, both my parents became pharmacists and their exam everything was still done with herbs and then when I was about four or five um, it was more and more pick up the phone in order from you know big pharma basically you know and less and less was made by hand um so I remember even as a child already going, check, not interested. And my grandfather, he, as a pharmacist, he often would hire people because he still wanted to be with the plants. He would be putzing around in the garden and everything. And him and I, we were so, um, we were so deeply connected. I remember going, okay, that's not going to be my direction. And I let it go. And then at age 16, I went to India for my own spiritual journey, working my own inner path, you know. And what really started to bring me there was my own habits that I learned as a child that I could clearly see as a 16-year-old were not helping me. That created a lot of problems for me in my life. And so that was sort of the jumping board uh, into my own spiritual life. And from there, living in India and seeing all these different modalities of how, how people were healing, it just opened up my mind to a more comprehensive, holistic viewpoint. When I left India, I didn't really know where I wanted to be or where I would be in the world. 
And I knew I wanted to do something with health. And dentistry sort of picked me, I think. Um, And I was good at it. But within the first year in dentistry, I was also really heartbroken because I felt like we had no answers to give to people. Mm. You know, as people were coming to say, like, what can I do at home to not get more cavities? We were just giving them this answer. Oh, you must not be brushing or flossing right. And that's all we gave them. And I had people in the chair, they were brushing and and flossing beautifully. And they had cavities every time they came in. And then we had people, they weren't brushing a lot and they were even not flossing and had no cavities. (laughs) And to me, it was like, okay, brushing and flossing seems to be a part of it, but not that big part of it, you know? So it felt like that's kind of catapulted me, like my you know, I had so many people crying in a chair, you know, saying, this is my fifth time with a cavity and I do everything that you tell me to. And I was just heartbroken. I'm like, I had nothing to give them. And so that kind of got me back to school. While I was working in dentistry, I went back to school and became a holistic uh, health educator. And then in that time frame also, I had this dream. It was a very significant dream where basically in this dream, I was told I had to go back to my family lineage of herbal medicine making. And when I started to do that, I totally fell in love with it. I completely just fell into it. And then, you know, I tried out some other modalities and just suddenly the pieces all came together. You know, I the holistic health counseling, flower essences, herbal remedies, um, holistic dentistry was slowly, slowly making kind of like literally just opening its eyes, so to speak. And so I was at the right place at the right time, just when it started to open up, I had some of the answers, you know, and building the formulas and bringing it together with holistic dental consulting and educating really clenched it. I saw people turning things around. And the unfortunate part was at that point, most of dentistry was not open to that at all. You know, I got fired for talking about fluoride. I you know, but at that point, it was like my friends were all going, yay, yay, <laughs> you're ready to go full time into your business, you know. <laughs> and that was when I had my first radio show through KPFA here, a public radio station. And things just opened up, you know, things just literally just flew open. And it was like, OK, I must be on the right pathway. And that's now almost 20 years ago. Uh, I stopped working in dentistry in November of 2005 uh, and went full-time into my business January of 2006. So, you know, in the beginning, I have to tell you, I was so heartbroken around the whole dental thing and how we didn't have really good answers for people that I thought, oh, I'll just chuck dentistry completely. And then I had a friend saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) You're no longer working under the dentist's license. You can actually speak out the way you've never been able to speak out. And again, when I brought those two together and started speaking, even dentists would come to my lectures, even dentists would come to my workshops, you know, because they had the same problems as me. They didn't have great answers. You know, what we learned in dental school just didn't fit on a level of helping people to prevent gum disease and cavities. 
So that's kind of how, you know, how this was all born. So Rupam, can you tell me a little bit about the toothpaste that you developed? I know you're not calling it toothpaste, but sort of a replacement for toothpaste and yeah. how it's different than some of the products on the market and um, and why it's such an important product. So again, pretty much how all my formulas came about, basically people coming to me and going, you know, can you help me with this, you know? And so the, the, the dental soap, the dental elixir actually was a later product, you know, now we're ta- talking about 12, 15 years ago that I developed that. And it was all my work and learning when I really started to research toothpaste. And what I found was just like mind-boggling. For instance, pretty much every toothpaste on the market has glycerin in it. And glycerin is sticky. Anybody that's ever touched vegetable glycerin, it's sticky and sweet. And it's number one. It's literally, if you look on your toothpaste, it's like the second ingredient, meaning there's a lot of vegetable glycerin in there. And vegetable glycerin is sticky. And it stays on your teeth after you've brushed your, your teeth. And it literally becomes this barrier to the minerals in your saliva that usually come back into your teeth. The other thing is it is literally the same consistency as plaque. That means it attracts more plaque. And here it is in toothpaste, right? And then the other thing is that also most toothpaste on the market now have all abrasive stuff in them. Even the good stuff that isn't toxic, like salt or baking soda, or one of the newer things is activated charcoal. Well, if you brush your teeth right on the gum line where you're supposed to brush, if you do this every day twice with something abrasive, you're going to have a lot of gum recession. And when I cleaned people's teeth, kids looked already like 20-year-old and I have hardly seen a single adult that doesn't have gum recession. Gum recession, of course, has some other factors, but using an abrasive on the gum tissue is definitely a big part of that. So the other thing was like, I don't want glycerin in my in my my thing, in my, you know, whatever dental elixir. I don't want something abrasive on there. In fact, I want to put minerals in there. So at least while I'm brushing, I have minerals. I want myrrh, essential oil of myrrh and frankincense in there. Myrrh is so amazing for the gum tissue, for circulation. You know, it brings health back to the gums. And then I wanted to bring herbs in, you know, that are hardening to the dentin, to the enamel. So slowly but surely, I thought to myself, there was nothing on the market 15 years ago, zero. I thought, I'm an herbalist. I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) So... And then I had my whole family on it for six months. And then they had their cleanings done. And lo and behold, their gums were amazing. Their teeth were incredible. You know, I'm like, okay, I think I'm onto something. We did another year, uh, myself included, that my whole family and all my friends, that's the only thing they used. No toothpaste, no tooth powders, no nothing. And everybody had fantastic feedback in terms of their gum health and how clean their teeth were. So that's when I started to offer it in different flavors. Everything is organic, magnesium, potassium, and calcium, flower essences, because of this fifth energy center, chakra, all the issues in that area. I put flower essences to help people with that. I put in um, 
The taste is essential organic essential oils, super high grade uh, essential oils. So there's nothing uh, synthetic, nothing toxic, no abrasive. Everything that I felt good to use in my own mouth. Mm. And the dental elixir, the one drop only dental elixir was born. And then slowly but surely we came up with six flavors. We had to take the strawberry out because they added natural flavors, which natural flavors is one of those things. Everybody adds the stuff that they don't want to put on the label. So I don't trust anything but natural flavors. Um, so five flavors. We ended up with five flavors. And one drop, because I said one drop all day long, you really just need one drop. So a little bottle lasts three months. Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, I, that's the only thing I've been using the last 15 years and I haven't had a cavity in 15 years. And I'm not saying that that's the only thing I would rely on. I've also, of course, done what I needed to do to help my body assimilate minerals better. You know, I used to love coffee. I don't do it anymore. I used to love eggs and dairy. I don't do it anymore because it feeds pathogens that I'm dealing with, you know, which again feeds the whole cavity situation and brings the immune system down. So I've learned my ways of how to help my system to heal better. Mm, amazing, amazing. And then we have a dental rinse, you know, that second part of the dental rinse is uh, five uh, essential oils, organic essential oils, and five organic herbal extractions. And that's an optional part two. It's great. It tastes incredible. It's yummy. Um, if you feel like you have a little morning breath, and that again is a deeper issue. But um, those two are basically my bestseller now. Um, those pretty much fly off the shelves because people, including dentists, see the changes. Wow. And I can also speak for myself that since using your product two years ago, I also have not had a single cavity, which yeah. has been pretty amazing. Yeah. And again, you know, I wouldn't, that's, you know, home care is important, but I have seen people with fantastic home care and have problems. So I know home care is just a small piece of the whole picture. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So Rupam, I know we're coming at time and we'll have to have you back on the show because I know that there's a yeah. lot of questions um, that we did not yeah. get to. But what do you want to tell our listeners about their tooth health and wellness? And also, what sorts of things have surprised you on this journey? On the dental journey alone? Mm-hmm. Ah, man, you know... What I would love listeners to know is, you know, you can heal. Like I, everything in me wants to give power back to the people, so to speak. You know, sitting in a dental chair is one of the most vulnerable places to sit because we are told there's nothing we can do except frosting and, and brushing. And often we are not being treated respectfully. So I am like, your teeth is your body. That is your, uh, it's yours. So you make sure that you talk to the dentist and they speak to you respectfully and they will answer all the questions. Otherwise you get up and you leave the office. Mm -hmm. I, I so support people to, to take their power back in a dental chair. 
you unless you do not sit down in a chair unless you understand what's going on unless you know how much it will cost you and have all your questions answered regarding what is getting done that visit mm. i love that so much rupam <laughs> i i and the dentist doesn't know more than you it he doesn't unless he's gotten tons of education which i have not met many dentists i've met some but the dentist doesn't just know more you know your system you know if your digestion is struggling you know if your immune system is struggling if you have lots of colds during the winter if you don't have you know if you're constipated those are all part of your dental health your mouth is your first digestive organ get some bitters in you know make your digestion function better take charge of cleansing your liver every once in a while get to know anthony william check him out he is a lifesaver you know take your health in your own hands and know you can totally heal your teeth and you can be cavity free and you can be your gums can be healthy and that is mostly going to be on you the dentist can just basically do heroics to fix a tooth but the healing of your teeth are on you mm. and a dentist often doesn't have a motive to really know about that because it doesn't translate into money and often they don't know you know so it becomes an individual journey and often that's where i come in i usually help people to make it to the minefield of misinformation and dental stuff that people might or might not need and also do we you know what makes me so mad about the dental profession is often we give people only one option and it's usually the most expensive option and don't give them any other options and so people feel so helpless mm -hmm. they don't know what to do and i'm here to change that i swear to you if it's one person at a time i want people to feel like they have control over their dental health mm. thank you so much uh, rupam i feel that uh, i think That's true for so many people. I think have been very frustrated um, financially, emotionally, spiritually on every level. You know, and going afraid. Yeah. You know, afraid. It's like such a. Uh, it's such a vulnerable. I mean, my husband. He's white knuckling. It was sweat running down his back. I know how it goes. It's just a hugely vulnerable place to be, especially if you don't know if you can trust it. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So Rupam, where can people find you? Where can they also purchase uh, your product? So the fastest way is probably the website, rupamherbals.com. And that's R as in red, U-P-A-M, herbals.com. Or they can call me 415-497-5141. Or they can email me at info at rupamherbals.com. Amazing, amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Rupam. Really, really appreciate your time and uh, everything you've done dedicating to, uh, yourself to this field. Uh, I'm so grateful personally, and I'm sure so many people are, are as well. And um, for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about tooth health with Rupam Henry, and you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one -on -one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.